So One Seneca is an initiative that was developed a few years ago, born by the Seneca County Chamber of Commerce, Seneca County Government, and the Seneca County IDA. And really the gist behind One Seneca is that it's a collaborative leadership effort um, to help make our community a better place to live, work, and visit. We're, we're coming together for the greater good and to bring unified leadership to those issues, like I said, that make Seneca County a better place to live, work, and visit. And it is, again, de designed to create a unified economic um, and, and um, leadership effort in Seneca County. And that's really the name of the game. You know, we're here today. Um, because we all believe um, that we are stronger together. And that is certainly the mantra of One Seneca, that we are all in it together. We are, uh, we are coming together to, sh to sh demonstrate our leadership and commitment to doing what's in the best interest of the greater good. That is Jeff Shipley. He's the president of the Seneca County Chamber of Commerce. And that one Seneca initiative he's talking about has been a big player in the county's overall response to the coronavirus pandemic. See, throughout it, counties of all sizes have been left figuring out the best way to respond on their own. Some counties have let public health, local government, economic groups, and schools tackle different challenges each area has seen since the pandemic began. But by taking a unified approach, Seneca has been able to bring all of those problems into focus and put more eyes and brain power on them. Today on the show, we hear from three other important people in the One Seneca initiative. Public Health Director Vicki Swinehart, Chamber Board Chair and local business owner Bruce Murray, and South Seneca Superintendent Steve Zielinski joined me to talk response and also expectations moving forward through the rest of winter. And as Swinehart points out, it's hard to find an area of life that the pandemic has and touched. Well, I think it's it's just changed the way we do business all along, um, all around the way. It, it's a pandemic of something that we in our lifetime will never see again and have not seen before. Um, so it's changed the way we communicate. It's changed the, the way we do things. Um, we have learned so much from when we started back in February, started hearing about this. We have learned so much and, and changed our ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, things that we did in the beginning, we realized we're not the correct way to handle the situation. So we continue to modify things as we go along. Um, we've learned, I think uh, public health has learned that we need to reach out to other entities in the community. Um, we've learned public, this is not, even though it's a public health pandemic, it is a human situation all the way around. It affects every entity, businesses, families, lifestyles, everything. So it's not mm -hmm. something that can be just uh, pigeonholed into public health. It's the entire community's responsibility and um, we need to work together, like Jeff said. So uh, one of the more exciting uh, things that you guys have been able to announce uh, in the last couple of weeks anyway, is a new testing initiative. Uh, mm -hmm. Regular free testing, which of course we've talked about before here on the show, it, mm -hmm. just in the last couple of weeks, uh, cost has been an issue for some counties, uh, executing has been an issue for some counties, but you, uh, it seems like Seneca County has uh, figured out a way to navigate these uh, these challenges and make it a reality. So Vicki, where do we stand on that? When is it going to be rolling out? Well, I'm very, very pleased to say that this has been a struggle. As you said, we've been talking about this for a long time. There's been a lot of just a time and effort, you know, concentrating on the contact tracing, 
Um, and so the testing has been a huge, huge deficit in Seneca County and in the rural counties. It's been very discouraging to have to send our residents into Monroe County or Onondaga County or into Ithaca to get testing. So I'm very, very pleased that we have partnered with Finger Lakes Community Health, which is a federally qualified health center, the Office of Emergency Management, and the Say Rural Health Network. And we sat down and we said, look, we just got to make this happen. It's going to happen. So with Federally Qualified Health Center, um, Mary Zelazny is the executive director, and she's one of those people that you go to and you just say make it happen and she does so um, in Ovid so I'll talk Seneca County specifically in Ovid every Thursday morning Finger Lakes Community Health at their site does a free drive-through testing you must pre-register that is no charge now to any resident and beginning on Monday December 21st this next Monday at the county office building from 9 till 12 we will be doing a free walk-in uh, let me back up a free testing, you must pre-register, but it is an inside, you get out of your car, walk in, it's not a drive-through. Um, at the Overwood site, the drive-through, you will get be notified of your results within 24 hours in uh, the Waterloo County Office Building, you will walk out with your results. Um, it is free, it is, um, as I said, you must pre-register, it is for people that do not have any symptoms, you have symptoms, you need to call so we can get you scheduled to get uh, tested elsewhere. Um, and the beauty of this is because we were doing this through the Say Her Own Health Network and with Finger Lakes Community Health, because Finger Lakes Community Health has um, offices in many, many counties. We're collaborating with Yates County and Ontario County. We're hoping that maybe Wayne County may join us at a later date, but right now, Ontario, Yates, and Seneca. The beauty is that if a resident can't come to Waterloo on Monday because their job or whatever, that Ontario has it a different day a week and Penyan has it a different day of the week, we can go to any one of those sites and get tested for free. You must pre-register, but it's, you're not restricted to just remaining in Seneca County. So that is the beauty. And I will tell you, we did not put the website out until Thursday late. And uh, I did the um, Wednesday late and I did it yesterday and all of our time slots for Monday are already full and we're already booking into the following Monday. So that demonstrates the need for this and we will continue it as long as it is feasibly possible and there is a demand for it. The, the, the beauty of this is now that it'll hopefully relieve the burden on like the urgent care centers and the emergency rooms for people going that want to get tested but they're not having any symptoms and A, their insurance company wouldn't pay for it or B, the, the urgent care centers really need to take care of the sick. They don't need to take care of the worried well. So this will hopefully alleviate that burden on them. Too. And uh, Vicki, one other thing I wanted to ask you, um, we're heading towards Christmas. We're heading towards New Year's. Um, what's your expectation for that? What's your message to the community there? Well, I guess my message is to, to be smart and to be thoughtful. And when you make your holiday plans, you know, we started this in, in Thanksgiving time. We have seen some kind of surge in our numbers from Thanksgiving. Be very, very thoughtful of who you have contact with at Christmas. It's got to be a different a different Christmas celebration than it always is. It, it can't be the 30 people from all over and the aunts and uncles that come from other states, et cetera. Um, unfortunately, we're going to have to grasp the beauty of Zoom, uh, Skype, et cetera, et cetera, and maybe do our visits that way. But, you know, just be very, very aware. Or if they're coming, you know, you hate to wear masks in your own home, but just be mindful that there are a lot of people that do not have symptoms and that they are positive and can spread that. And it only takes one positive person to spread it to a whole multitude of people. Absolutely. Uh, Bruce, uh, how have uh, small businesses in general in Seneca County uh, adapted to the, the changing or evolving protocols? And what should people's expectations be for a lot of these small businesses uh, as we continue to push forward here in the winter months? So I can speak primarily for the um, winery industry, uh, Josh. 
you know, we were really kind of in a limbo period uh, starting in mid-March when we were open, but we're, we were serving customers really at the, at the curbside really only. However, when uh, June arrived and the guidelines for food and beverage service uh, businesses like ours changed, um, we had to really rethink the way we serve customers when, we, when they come to wineries. And instead of standing uh, shoulder to shoulder, maybe one or two deep in a crowded inside space, we then moved everything outdoors. That is, if you were lucky enough to have grounds that people could spread out in, not every winery has that uh, a luxury. Um, but if you were, what we saw were um, a completely different kind of tasting experience. And not only were we needed to be outside, every, um, every guest needed to be seated and every guest was expected to have something to eat while they were tasting wines. And what that led to is a, a wine tasting experience that was really quite pleasant for a lot of people. Um, and uh, on the other hand, the, um, the wineries really needed to shift gears and turn and become more like restaurants, table service, waiters, bussers. Um, that was a shift. And, you know, some were doing it more enthusiastically and, or some less enthusiastically. You know, the final point I'll make is the, the, the restriction you know, or Connecticut or New Jersey, they could travel back and forth across borders without a lot of um, restrictions or quarantines. We saw and have ever seen before from some very large metropolitan areas, Philadelphia, New York City, Pittsburgh. Our visitation was up substantially. Probably half the visitors we saw all summer long um, were here for the first time. And so what we were, what we would, again, speaking strictly for our business, the fact that A, we had to shift gears pretty substantially. B, we saw tons of more people who came away truly impressed with the area, truly impressed with the area. And, and so, you know, you want to find a silver lining. Uh, there, there was one in, in, in some respects. I'm a little curious. Do you think uh, any of the changes, especially in the, in, the wine, uh, in the wine space, do you think any of these changes or shifts will actually stick past the pandemic? pandemic? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think the, the quality of the experience a guest had improved substantially. And so if you think about what our business is, it's, it's to give people a, a good experience. The experience they had last summer was substantially better. And in fact, we also, many of us found that a lot of our guests, almost all of them are, were willing to pay for that improved experience. I mean, tasting fees, the classic tasting fee uh, was generally higher mm -hmm. because of the extra service everyone was providing. Um, and I think it, there, there's some long-term benefit from having to experiment and, and push, push our level of service in, a, in, in this direction. No, on the other hand, a lot of the traditional events that occur around the lakes during, uh, certainly around the holidays, the large, you know, on Seneca Lake, it's deck the halls. Um, we can't have those events. It's, those are traditions that a lot of people look forward to, but you know, we'll make a decision in the future on when those can restart. But for the, for the time being, I think we, we came out a little bit better than we probably expected to when it was you know, at the very front end of the summer. Mm -hmm. All right, Steve, 
uh, you and I talked a couple, uh, just a couple months ago, it seems like, and, and we were talking about the start of the school year. We are now halfway through the school year. And I'm curious, uh, what are your expectations for the rest of the school year as you look forward? Well, there's a lot of uncertainty in the school year. Uh, you know, we're, we're almost in a week-by-week week, uh, situation now, um, just trying to monitor what's going on around us. Uh, make the best decision to keep us uh, moving with the hybrid model that we're almost all of us are working in now. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been sort of um, looking especially at the winter months because we know that the risk becomes higher as we don't get much of an opportunity to get outside anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, so a virus like this uh, tends to be um, more dangerous in the winter months anyway. So, uh, you know, it's sort of a an unknown uh, quantity or unknown uh, issue about what's going to happen in the next couple of months anyway. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's caused us to look at everything differently. I keep saying that it touches every piece of what it is that we do at the schools. Um, you know, we're, we're 20 years into the 21st century now, and we've been having a long-term conversation about uh, the ways schools need to change in the 21st century. And, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty recognized now as a, you know, more than just, uh, you know, the three R's. <laughs> um, you know, we, we have a, a, we're a reflection of the community. Uh, we take care of each other. We're a performing arts center. We're a center for athletics. We're uh, a large employer. Um, and, you know, every single piece of it has been touched by the pandemic. And so, you know, what I've, what I've appreciated about One Seneca is the opportunity to collaborate across sectors um, to recognize that we really truly are all in this together. And, uh, you know, speaking from the school standpoint, our success depends on the behavior outside of school. Uh, you know, we've, we've been pretty validated that our protocols internal um, to the buildings um, are good. We don't really have evidence of uh, transmission of the virus within our buildings because of the way we've been so careful. Um, but we're very susceptible to positive cases that initiate outside and come into the buildings. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. We wouldn't necessarily have anticipated this back in September, but it's the, it's the quarantines that really cripple the operation of, of the schools because, um, you know, people that did nothing wrong, uh, followed all the rules, um, end up caught up in the contact tracing of positive cases. And, you know, for a small school, when we lose a significant number of staff members, uh, jeopardizes our ability to uh, operate. So a person gets a phone call and finds out that they have to be um, quarantined for two weeks. And when you get, you know, multiple staff members all at once, then it really um, hurts our ability to run our programs. Well, and, and to that end, uh, you know, you and I have talked about the size of a, a district like South Seneca, and it probably takes fewer teachers or fewer staff members or faculty in that scenario or in a district like that to, as, as you say, really make it difficult to operate on the day-to-day. And, and is that one of the bigger challenges, maybe more than, than just worrying about actual transmission, is worrying about how staffing is going to be affected? Is that maybe the bigger concern now that we're actually here and we're seeing that you know, schools aren't a big, a big player in terms of transmission? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been, we've been grateful that some of the rules have changed about um, staying open. Um, even if we end up designated as a, you know, one of these cluster zones from the governor, 
um, we have the we have a pathway to stay open. But it's honestly it's the it's the staffing issue that makes us most vulnerable to closing. So you know we're determined to uh, you know offer in person instruction for as many weeks as we possibly can. Um, there just so- comes to a point, especially for small schools, sometimes where it doesn't become possible. If you lose, you know, six bus drivers or you know, ten teachers, uh, you're done. <laughs> so yeah. there just aren't that many substitutes to be able to keep keep you going. The Daily Debrief is a production of FingerLikes1.com Digital Media. It's hosted by members of the FL1 News team and was created by Gabe Petrazio and me, Josh Durso. If you'd like to check out past episodes and stories, visit www.fingerlikes1.com daily. You can also subscribe to the show on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We have one ask for our listeners, though, and subscribers of the show. Consider becoming a supporter of ours over on Patreon. Right now, that help is invaluable in ensuring that we're able to continue doing what we do here on the podcast, but also continue our general news gathering efforts over on fingerlikes1.com. In the last two years, our platform has been accessed and read more than 50 million times. We just need a few of you to really begin making a difference with more reporters, more podcasts, and more in-depth coverage of the things that matter. Visit www.patreon.com slash FO1 to do it. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.